What's going on? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs. This is your hobby content alternative. I'm your host, Brett McGrath. I collect sports cards. I have a podcast about collecting sports cards. Let's start with the freaking plugs. I want to thank each and every one of you for supporting the Stacking Slabs Patreon group right out of the damn gates. It is the place where you'll find exclusive content, more episodes outside of this main feed. We're promoting auction listings and your cards for sale. And we're bringing collectors together. Launched this past Wednesday, and I am so excited about what's to come and all of the potential. So thank you for supporting. I've gotten so many people who said, hey, can we get video of these episodes? If you are a Patreon member, you will get video of today's conversation. It's available in the app. So go check it out. Also, the weekly rip, the newsletter is back and it will drop on Sunday. Sunday will be the return of the weekly rip. So make sure you sign up for that. The links to Patreon, the links to weekly rip, both in the show notes. All right. Today's conversation, I got my man, John Pack Nicholson, back on the program. We met for lunch this past week, and I said, dude, I got to get you back on the pod. What do you want to talk about? Thought long and hard, and he threw out, let's talk about the black refractor, or as he coined it, the gateway refractor. I really love this conversation, focusing in on a parallel that is higher in count, but near and dear to my heart. If you like what I'm doing, follow, subscribe, do all the things, smash all the buttons, But most importantly, tell a damn friend that you're enjoying the Stacking Slabs podcast. Pack Nicholson, John, back on the program, exploring a parallel I hadn't considered up until we had lunch last week. I said, hey, I'm having fun in this parallel series. You should come on. And I, I, this is like the first time I've said, I've said to somebody else, hey, what would you like to talk about? And John said, black refractors. And I thought to myself, you know what? That's a really good topic. And it was one I haven't thought about. So John, welcome back. Black refractors. It's going to be a good topic to dig into. How are you? I'm good, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I would, it took me a second, I feel like, to figure out what parallel I would want to dive into and was kind of scrolling through my feed, looking through my box, thinking, what hasn't he covered that has some importance? And I love a black refractor and I think there's a lot to unpack. I think about your page too and cards you've shared. Uh, When you said it, it wasn't like, uh, it didn't like hit me weird. I was like, you know what? I've seen a ton of his cards and he's got a lot of black refractors. And I get caught up in this. I get caught up in obsessing over like the super limited rare and scare stuff in the chase for something that I can only have. And I know a lot of people do that too, but then I think there's, a whole other contingent, which is a lot of people in the hobby where they're just like, you know what? Like, I really like these and I don't necessarily care if they're printed higher than the gold stuff or one of ones like these look cool to me. And so I hope in this conversation, we can kind of dig into that because if you don't think about the print run of them and you just zoom out and you look at these cards across all of these different products over a long period of time, like you can build a pretty damn cool black refractor player PC, whether it's in Chrome or Finest or another product of the guys that you collect. Yeah, I think it is an important parallel too. like the more I was 
thinking about it and looking into it once we were decided on this, where like it bridges that gap from the late nineties and all the awesome parallels already been discussed. And then kind of early, like at 2000, there's nothing going on in 2000, like finest, you know, has some golds and out of a hundred or, but then black refractor kind of comes in and is the only chase card in these early tops, early 2000s tops chrome set, which to me is pretty interesting that it, it does have that scarcity early on, then it opens up into this more general card. But I think it, it kind of bridges that gap, which I think is, a, is an important thing to note. We're going to talk about the print run. We're going to talk about the look and feel, but maybe we start with just like uh, the lineage and the influence. And one thing as I mature as a collector that I appreciate is a parallel that extends over a long period of time. And a lot of people don't know this, but like the Black Refractor comes before the golds and chrome. And it's just like, you know, I don't know. It's just something that you don't really consider. And I think about looking at black refractors and I think about the transition to Panini. And obviously if you look at their premier one of one parallels, most of the time they're black. So I, I don't know if you thought about this, but just like the longevity of the black refractor over a period of time, like transition from tops to Panini, like, we, talk, we get caught up so often in talking about gold stuff, but what about the, the black refractors? Like what, what, what say you about the history of, of this parallel? Yeah, well, as an early 2000s football advocate um, and just lover of that era, the black refractor is the only thing that is consistent during those years for, for Topps Chrome which is, you know, this is a flagship set you would, and they just couldn't figure out gold for whatever reason. And, but every year there is a black refractor, no matter the numbering, there's a black refractor. And the first ever numbered tops Chrome card was a black refractor. And I think that's interesting. And like, there's something that the overlords, you know, that spoke to them that made them choose black as the first thing they numbered instead of gold. And then I do think, yeah, it's interesting that Panini's one of one is also black. There's something that they just look badass. It's just a badass color when it's a refractor. So some people, I don't know if you've got this as a black refractor aficionado, but some, I think the negative on the black refractor or so I've heard is that, well, there's a few, we'll get into the like print run of it all here in a minute, but some people don't, they feel like the shine is diminished because it's coming off of the a black background or black borders. And so like, I don't know, there's, there's this narrative that the, the refractor of it all and the shine of it all is dull on the, the black background. There might be some validity there, but mm -hmm. I think advocates for the black refractor, kind of like you, it's simplest terms, just say like the cards look badass. So like, what's the balance there between like the black refractor not being as shiny versus like the cards looking super badass like how do you navigate that yeah i think it's just to me the the look is just so cool like black is the coolest color i mean you got acdc back to black jay-z black album like there's just some when a team wears all black jerseys it looks awesome there's i wear a lot of black clothes it's probably my most common color in the wardrobe there's just something very cool about the color black and the way it can be styled. And when it comes to cards, they just 
they catch your eye and it sucks that and we'll talk about print runs but like that that's even a factor in why it's not maybe viewed as highly as it could be just because like oh there's it's common or something like that i think just objectively when you look at a black refractor it's cooler than pretty much any color let's maybe stick on the print run topic because i think it's important I feel, and this is my like my own personal use case with black refractors. And as a matter of fact, uh, as we're recording this, there's one up for auction right now. Um, and I'll use a card specifically. And this is the 06, I believe it ends by the time this goes live. There's an 06, 06 Finest Peyton Manning black refractor BGS 95 that's up for auction right now. I used to own this card and I had sold the card. And it was one of those consolidation efforts where it's like, you know what? This is at a 199, I believe. I can probably get this card back if I need to. So I'm going to sell it now and, you know, move on and go get the card that I really want. And I, like anyone, I didn't think about the card, like until I saw the card again on the eBay feed and the save searches. And I was like, man, I, I love 06 Finest. I kind of miss this card. Do I go after it again? So I don't know. I feel like the card itself looks badass. And if there was 10 copies of that card, oh my God, I would be going crazy to get it. But the fact that there is 199, like I sold it and, or 99, sorry, 99, 99, and playing it back in my head, 99, I sold it. And now I'm just in this position. Like, I don't know, like, have you, have you been through similar experiences with black refractors based on the print run like how do you handle that knowing that you love them but also knowing that there's 99 copies in that specific product yeah i feel like like the black refractor is always a victim to consolidation like yes like it's just it looks cool but i'm like i can get it back it's one of those classic i can get it back cards uh in most cases and yeah, I, I, like I was going through my collection. I'm like, what ones do I still even have? And I have three main ones that I pulled out. Um, but yeah, a lot of them have, they, they come and go, but it's still, I still think it's important. And I still think it, they look awesome. So is it, is they come and they go? Cause you can relate with that. I can relate with that. What does that say about their place? Are they just, is it like this um, as we're entering and building a player collection, it's just this uh, moment from like, you know, transitioning from collecting base cards to getting into parallels to then maybe getting into black refractor. It's just like a stage and we evolve past that stage. Or is there circumstances where the year, the player stuff is all lined up in one way where it's like, we, this is a card I, I never want to get rid of um, because it hits all of the criteria that I'm looking for in a, uh, as a collection, like that, like what, what is, what is the way we should be thinking about this? Is it just like intermediate step or can these cards be forever cards in your opinion? Yeah. I feel like it's a gateway refractor. Like when you're, <laughs> when you're starting out, you know, and especially if you're collecting this era, this early two thousands, I mean, I remember when like just discovering that there are refractors and then, Oh, there's black refractors that are numbered because for football in, let's see, 2002, 2003, 2004, 2005, Pops Chrome, 2001, Black Refractor is the chase card from those sets. So as I'm collecting players, like 
once I wanted to get into the early 2000s football, and it's like, oh, I love all these players. What's their rarest card from the top scrum set? It's a black refractor. So it leads you to gathering those cards. But then again, the, the print runs are high. So it's generally like, oh, and then you find out about golds and other things. And so you can consolidate the blacks and, and move on. But yeah, it's just uh, it, it, based on what you said there, it's just is are these cards, can these cards be forever cards uh, for the ambitious collector or are they just stepping stones to the next rare parallel that we're trying to yeah, chase? I think some of them can be forever. And I think like some of like I've become big on binder cards lately. I got a top loader binder that I love and, you know, I have a Bonzi Wells black refractor run in there. And it's not, I'm not going to grade those, but I love that I have the run and that they're all sitting in there. There's some, it, I think they can be forever. And I think a lot of people who are like completionists will want to go for a set. And it is a cool set to have, especially the way the print runs fluctuate through years. It is harder to get a black refractor run of some of these early 2000s players than you might think. There's a couple of years where, you know, they're out of a hundred, which cards from 2000, or out of a hundred, it's a little tougher than uh, you might think. So maybe we stick on the Bonzi Wells uh, of it all. Um, I think like what you say there in your Bonzi Wells binder and black refractor collection is it's profound in a way where we sit up here and have these conversations on the podcast about rare and scarce parallels and no matter if we want to or not, it's all tied back to value and chasing the more valuable or holding something for value and all this stuff. But like when we think at the core about collecting, like a lot of the times it's just like connecting with a player that we love and building out binders. And you probably understand like your Bonzi Wells collection probably isn't going to get you into your next home, but you, you collect these, this parallel and you collect this player because you have a deep connection with it. So I know there's a lot of binder people out there and they're probably just like, finally, we're talking about binders, but maybe the black refractor is a perfect parallel. If you're building out sets, collecting binders, like what's your reaction to that? I agree. I think what a cool set to go for. If you are trying to, you know, go, go for a set collection, that's maybe a little easier than I was listening last week to Austin and his gold 2013 select gold. Like, Again, it's a gateway refractor. If you want to just try what it's like to go for a team set, to go for a player run, like black refractors is a great way to just experiment. And I tried for the Ladanian Tomlinson black refractor run. I couldn't do it. I couldn't get a 2005 top chrome and eventually I sold off the others. Um, but I think, yeah, it's worth experimenting with whether you're team collecting, player collecting, putting them in a binder. Um, and yeah, just try it. Can, can you talk about the, uh, you mentioned the 01 and 02 Topps Chrome Basketball and the Black Refractor there. Can you maybe, for anyone who's unfamiliar with that product or with that the parallel there, like why, why, is, why did you call that out? Like, why is that significant? So 2001 Basketball, Topps Chrome, the Black Refractor is the first numbered refractor Topps Chrome ever did. So there's uh, the base set. Um, and then there's black refractors numbered to 50 for basketball. And the 2001 set, uh, is awesome. It has Jordan is in it playing years with the wizards, but also I looked it up. There's 29 hall of famers in the set. So you've got 
your Iversons, T-Max, Dirk, Nash, Vince Carter, Ray Allen, like everybody. It is an awesome looking set. And out of 50 from 2001, those are hard to find. I'm still on the hunt for a couple that I'd like to get. But, and I got into that set via Bonzi Wells. I had been, you know, picking up random five $10 Bonzi Wells cards. And I saw that one pop up. I had never seen it before. Numbered out of 50. Kobe Bryant's guarding him in the background. It's like a clear shot of Kobe. It's very cool. And I was like, oh, I need to get this card. And I think I put in like what I thought was a mega bid of like $60 and ended up selling for like 40 bucks or something. I'm like, who? this is by far the most I've ever spent on a Ponzi Wells card and more than I thought I would ever spend. But once I got it in hand, I was like, this is awesome. This looks so cool. Numbered out of 50, went down the rabbit hole in 2002 Topps Chrome Basketball. Same thing. Black refractors are numbered out of that time, 99. So 2001, 2002, being out of 50 and 99, they're hard to get. You know, basketball collectors are diehard. But um, I just kind of became infatuated with those two sets. And it led to a lot of other things. But those were two important sets early on. And then from there, there's the trickle down or then football. And football also in 2001 had black refractors out of 100. But yeah just starts in 2001 with it being the first numbered tops Chrome parallel. So I listened to those names, uh, Dirk Iverson, like some of those names you listed off and the significance of first numbered parallel, the significance of 50. It, are those cards, um, have those been gobbled up and in the hobby hype machine and those cards like in a PSA 10 are, uh, you know, your, your annual mortgage payment, like, or are they still somewhat affordable? And I know it's a bit general because it's like, I'm trying to cat ask this question around a lot of different cards, but like in comparison to other first year stuff, maybe in a Panini era, like what's the pricing like for these things? I know you said you spent the most you had on a bond to Wells card, but are they unreasonable across the board or still pretty affordable? Um, I think, I mean, relative to what's going on in the rest of the hobby, I think they're pretty affordable. I was looking up all-time sales, and I think the Michael Jordan 2001, I can't remember the grade, but around $20,000, which that's crazy, and that's during peak market, but it's a Jordan-numbered playing years card out of 50. But then like, I think your Kobe's Iversons are probably a few thousand dollars for the Black Refractor in a, in a high grade. Um, one card that I had in my notes that I wanted to touch on, and it was almost like... I wouldn't, it's not my first exposure to black refractors, but it's, uh, it, it was a, a, a card and a moment that I will never quite forget. And it's trying to figure out the hobby. And that's the 2002 Topps Chrome Tom Brady black refractor out of 599. So before we get into this card, like when I say that card, what's your initial reaction to, to that card itself? Do you have any context or any history about? that card specifically? Well, it was his first numbered refractor. So I think that just holds. And it's like right after he won his first Super Bowl. So I just I feel like it's the the first of a Brady something that I, I know there's hype around it. And I know that it's sold for insane amounts <laughs> at the peak, which in hindsight are wild to look at. I was looking up the all-time high of that. But yeah, just uh, important first early Brady numbered refractor. Shout out card ladder. I don't think I, I didn't like 
uh, search card ladder for black refractor and like the highest sold. But I would imagine it's a PSA 10 version of this card. I know that at its peak, this card, and this is like granted, this we're talking 2021, and you can't take 2021 seriously in the prices. And if you're buying a card from someone and they comp 2021, tell them to get out. Oh, come on. Uh, but I think this card sold at one point for 56K, which is absurd. And I remember vividly at being at the National, and I remember seeing this card in a showcase for north of 30K in a PSA 10. And I remember walking around to another dealer table and like the Peyton Manning of that in a PSA nine, granted it wasn't a 10, 509. It's like, I think I got it for like 350, 400 bucks. And I thought that was a deal. So I think all that to be said, like layering this in is that like, there are times when a card like this, as you mentioned, like could be the first refractor of an all-time Brady player like Brady, which causes a lot of narrative building. It causes a lot of conversation and not saying these aren't great cards because we're, we're taking the time to talk about it. But I think that is a atypical situation where a black refractor went to the moon and uh, is coming down quite a bit. Well, and it was probably, I looked it up now it's a pop 13, like who knows what it was at the time, because most collectors probably were like, why would I grade this card out of five ninety nine? It's no way it's going to be worth fifty six thousand dollars. Um, yeah, so I, I just bet just the perfect timing of not a lot had been graded yet. Here's a PSA ten, Brady's first black refractor, boom. And now I think it's like two thousand dollars. I think it was like the last sale in a ten. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where that card is, but I just think it's like you put on your student cap and you, I don't, you become skeptical where it's like, and I'm not trying to put this card down, but I'm just saying like 599, whatever it is, is a lot of copies. Now I would be curious if that card came out in the same universe as the Bonzi Wells in the 2001 product you're talking about. And there's 50 copies. Like how does that change things? So I think it's just interesting that I guess what I'm trying to say, it's, it's, it's interesting that the black refractor, it's one of those parallels that looks really cool. And in most cases, there are higher print runs, but the higher print run literally has next to no consistency from year to year. So I guess back to you, like, is that, is that a good thing or is it a bad thing that the numbering of these things changes quite dramatically year over year. Yeah. I I don't think it's a good thing. I love consistency. And that's why I think during that era, I defer to finest because finest knew what they were doing where tops crow, like finest is very consistent from 2002 on, whereas tops Chrome, both the black refractors numbers are going up and down Uh, gold refractors. You know, they never get consistent until 2010. So, yeah, I, I just think not having that set number year over year does hurt. What is the consistency of the finest product? Like, what is the print run and from what period to what period? I mean, 2003, they have gold refractors out of 50. And then 2004, gold refractors out of 50. 
2005 and six are out of 49 sevens out of 58. Out of, so from 2003 on, there is a gold card that is 50 or less, which 50 or 49, which is nice consistency and doing like a finest gold run is a fun thing to do. And I always wonder like, how was top set up back in the day? Like, was it one building and there's like the top chrome floor and then there's a finest floor <laughs> and it's like, was it strategic from tops to like have these sets be so different or was the finest floor just like, we are killing the top chrome floor, like top chrome can't figure it out. Or are the tops overlords being like, no tops chrome is like the set for all. And we need to make, you know, these refractor numbers be higher print runs. And so that more and more collectors can get their hands on them. But, um, I just, I like thinking about the dynamic between Chrome and Finest. One thing that gets brought up quite a bit is the fact that there's no competition in this era of the hobby where it's like, you've just got Panini and they're just doing their damn thing. And then now Fanatics has taken over and Fanatics is just going to do its damn thing. And there's no competition. Now, what we're suggesting here is not only in that era was there competition from, you know, Tops and other manufacturers, but you're suggesting or hoping that there was competition internally, which is now I'm not going to be able to get that out of my mind. It's like they have like a, a VP or a general manager of the finest division and a general manager of the Chrome division. And they're just like comparing numbers and they're just like, just like showing the innovation and showing serial numbering and they're out thinking themselves and they're like staring like, staring uh, holes into their counterparts as they're on the elevator. Like, I want that to be a thing. If anyone's out there who worked at Tops during that era, even if it's not true, please tell us stories of how this can be true so we can believe it. Yeah, I love thinking about like, yeah, 2002, Tops Chrome, they're feeling themselves. They're like, all right, we did, you know, Blacks out of 599, Rookies are out of 100, base rookie refractors, like, this is cool. And then they see 2002 finest and they're like, holy shit. <laughs> X-Fractors out of 20, gold's out of 25. What are we doing? But then they didn't answer in 20, in 2003. They came back and just did the same thing pretty much, but added a gold X-Fractor out of 101. But yeah, I need to know. Uh, that's Someone needs to write that reality show or scripted show of just like the tops building and all the different... Because then like, yeah, the tops just like paper floor. It's just like yeah. <laughs> ground level. Everyone's like, get out of here. <laughs> uh, we're painting some pretty, uh, hopefully helpful visuals for all of your imagination. Um, that's what we do around here. Mm-hmm. I, I want to get into the topic of, and I know not everybody grades their cards, but I mentioned like that Peyton Manning 06 finest black extractor that I used to own that's back in the market. I, I haven't checked the serial numbering if it's my card, old card or not. But like, let's say say that card is out of 99 copies, but then the BGS gym mint, it's a pop four. Like to me, that makes me more inclined to want the card to know like it's the highest grade possible. Do you think like that plays a role as parallels? Uh, there's more parallels uh, than just like five or 10. Like when we're talking about 99 copies, does like grading matter to you and the the grade that you're getting from wherever you're sending it? Yes. And I, I guess it's again, like what what is the goal of it in your collection? If it, like for a second, I thought about doing it with Priest Holmes. I got his 2006 Black Refractor in a 10. And 
I ended up selling it because I, a, I'm, I don't want a ton of slabs. Like I'm trying to be more just intentional on how many priest home slabs I have, but my priest homes in my binder, that's where I would, you know, put that 06 black refractor. So if I were to have them graded, yeah, like something that has, you know, that many copies, if you want it to set it apart, the way to set it apart is have it in a high grade. So yeah, if it's, if I do ever, you know, want to complete like, or I have the black refractor for priest homes run complete, but like the next step would be, all right, let's send these off and get them graded. Okay. Two of them got tens. Let's, let's fill the gap. Like once I, maybe once I run out of things to chase currently, we'll go back and try and become the completionist of it all. I love it. Before we get into kind of your favorite black refractors in your collection, is there anything regarding black refractors that you have been thinking about or that were in your notes that we should share or talk about? No, just like, I think it's a very cool card to get people excited about collecting that era. I set up at a show a month ago and I brought some random just like ungraded cards I have from early 2000s and kind of like laid them out. And I had like a 2002 Edger and James black refractor that some kid got. And I'm like, this is tight that, you know, they wanted an Edger and James just because he's a Colts, but, and they, they know of him, but it's numbered. And there's just that level of intrigue. I think that a black refractor can create. So I just think getting them out there and hopefully they get into hands of, Again, it's a gateway refractor. Just like let people see them, let them pick them up. They're like, this is a cool card of a player I kind of forgot about, but was a badass. I'm going to pick it up. And now maybe I will go down the rabbit hole and eventually learn about their bigger and more valuable or more scarce cards. But I think it can be a, a start of a lot of cool player collecting for people. I love it when the guest names the title of the episode just out of the gates, the gateway refractor. I'll never not think about that, John. Um, so that's what we're calling this damn uh, episode. Uh, before I let you go, what are some of your favorite black refractors in the PC and anything you have to share along with them? Yeah. So the Bonzi, again, awesome card that got me into learning about 01 and 02. And through that, I went and got a 2002 Top Chrome Black Refractor, Allen Iverson. With the black jersey? With the black jersey. He's got the black answer fives on his feet. He's got all the armbands, finger <laughs> bands, black headband. <laughs> it's one of my most important cards just from what it represents in my collection, which is time of buying that this was probably two years ago three years ago i had been buying everything that i thought i was supposed to be buying it was mm. a lot of the lucas i was buying sadiq bay i was buying matt stafford because i thought the rams were going to win the super bowl like i was doing a lot of those purchases and you know not it had been dwindling like my interest in that and i love alan iverson and i got that bonzi card kind of by not thinking it was a big purchase or anything and then I got this Iverson card and loved it. Like you can't look at it and not think it's an incredibly cool looking card of an incredibly cool player. And it was the most I had spent on a money, uh, most money I had spent on a card that I was buying because like I 
really enjoyed the look of it. Like, I feel like at that point I hadn't spent enough thought on like, do I just like looking at the card? It was all like, what's the value of the card? And not just like, let me just look at it. If I'm looking at it, I'll be happy no matter the value. And so I would go to then like a trade night at Bleaker Trading. This is when I was living in New York. And I remember everyone started asking about that card. Like no one cared about the other things because everyone's seen a ton of Luca and Tatum and Zion and Ja. And everyone was like, this, what is this for sale? And I was like, no, no, like this is, this is mine. But it really kind of like made me realize that I can have a point of view in this hobby and like curate a collection that, that I want. And like that, that can be how I find joy in the hobby. It's not like that. I'm going to try and find financial success in the hobby as much as like, Oh, people like this card because it looks cool. It's a player they remember and have fond memories of. And it was just kind of this turning point of like, I want more cards like that. I want to, you know, curate my collection to be this time capsule for people to just jump in and remember the, these early 2000s. And so that card to me was just, will always be in my PC. It's one that I thought about like, Ooh, I should try and get a PSA 10 of that. But, um, but then sometimes I'm like, well, no, like this, this specific one is the one that represents that. Why would I ever get rid of it and try and upgrade it? Like it's perfect as is. I'll plug this uh, for, because I dumped on the shine of the black refractors at the top of this. But when John was showing the Iverson, there's, there's a really nice shine on this. And for your free Patreon subscribers, you will have access to this video recording where you can see. Pack Nicholson holding up his Allen Iverson Chrome uh, card after that wonderful story about this card. So I don't know how you're going to beat that. I'm like, I'm I'm feeling emotional listening to that description and why you love this card. What's next? So that led me then down a rabbit hole of more 01 and 02. And I was buying some on eBay and I ended up messaging a seller and Cause he had like more, he hadn't listed. Like I saw like someone had listed like 30 black refractors and from 2002 and 2001 and messaged them and actually got offline. We're texting and I ended up having like a phone call with this guy and he sells me a bunch of 2001, 2002 black refractors that he had, he had ripped himself. He called himself a ripping fool, which I thought was just like the coolest way to describe yourself. And got a bunch of those. I got a bunch graded. I was having ideas of like maybe going for a set or I don't know, just getting all the all-stars from those years. But then this pop up and it's the 2006 LeBron James Black Refractor out of 99. And all those other Black Refractors fell victim to consolidation. <laughs> as they do. Yeah. And, but yeah. Who's, he, LeBron, who's, who's LeBron yoking on in that one? Alonzo Mourning. Oh, wow. Yeah. And Gary Payton in the background and the heat logo in the background, oh, that's a, like yeah. foreshadowing what's about to happen. But I saw this pop up and it's out of 99 where his previous years are out of 500, out of 500, out of 399. And it's a similar value to those, which to me just stood out as something. It was interesting. I was like, this is only 99 copies. How is it the same price as one that's out of 500? And you just, you know, you get into what years are more desired, whatever. But that to me was very badass looking and I needed it. So I bought that, sold a lot of my 
other black refractors, but that LeBron is a pretty important one in the PC. I love the foreshadowing, the heat logo in the center court, LeBron doing his thing. Pretty cool card. Yeah. And then I'll share one other one. This is just, I had to get it recently because I didn't have any other O1s, but except Bonzi, but Stevie franchise, O1, Black Refractor. I was very specific. I wanted a cool Steve Francis card, but I wanted him to be wearing the Rockets white pinstripes. Like, I don't know. That's just how I see him in my mind. And I needed a card with him in that uniform. And it just so happens that his O1 checks that box. So uh, yeah, I got that actually just like a month ago or so. I feel like I was prime like video game mode when like, Stevie franchise was balling. And there are like this contingent of players that I just like associate with like NBA live and stuff. And Mm -hmm. he's one of them. I just want to like give them the ball every play down the court and have them score like 60 points in an exhibition game against somebody. Yeah. And the photography in 01 tops chrome and 02 is great. And maybe it's just the jerseys were badass, but like all the pictures on those cards are the NBA jerseys that I remember fondly. Late 90s also, but like in 2001, they're still wearing all the, the good logos, you know, the good big graphics, like the rocket, like that giant animated cartoon rocket. <laughs> like in, in an era where, you know, they change jerseys every single game. I love just being able to look back consistency back then. It is, as coined on this episode, the Gateway Refractor. Pack Nicholson, John, appreciate you coming on and talking Black Refractors. We'll have to do this. I'm sure we'll do this again soon. And you are the master at coining phrases in the hobby. So I think you might have a side hustle coming your way. Just start branding hobby phrases and just start getting them copywritten and people will pay you big bucks to use them on shows like this. Yep. I'm going to have to figure out how to monetize that. All right, man. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Later, man. I hope you enjoyed that episode on Black Refractors with my man, Pack Nicholson. I hope you have a great weekend and you get some cards that make you happy. If you're looking for some more content or another place to connect, check out the Patreon group. Link is in the show notes. You all take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. We'll be back with more Stacking Slabs on the other side.